Dennis Sarfate making his first appearance. What will you do to defend the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Welcome to the Green Dragon Tavern, where we talk a little treason. I'm Zach Lautenschlager. And I'm Dennis Sarfate. This week, House Republicans in the subcommittee for the coronavirus pandemic released a report on emails between Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Francis Collins, and others, uh, revealing that Dr. Fauci did in fact know that, number one, the coronavirus had very possibly escaped from a lab, um, probably in Wuhan, and number two, uh, that it was uh, very probably uh, modified by humans, that there had been genetic manipulation of this virus. Um, just a few days later, um, in fact, there was a conference call on February 1st of 2020 by February uh, 5th or 6th of 2020. Um, Dr. Fauci and others were already working on a paper uh, that would be used to disprove uh, the uh, lab leak theory. Um, the focused effort from that point forward to quash anyone who had any suggestion, who, who thought that it was even remotely possible that uh, the virus as it was uh, in its current form, as it was infecting millions and millions of people, was potentially human created, was stamped out. Um, and it is outrageous to see just how far they went, and now to see that even Biden's uh, people, such as the FBI director, uh, Ray, have uh, publicly stated that we've known for a long time, he says, that, uh, that it was likely an, a lab leak. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, you know, you had, you had reporters like Eric, Alex Berenson who reported on this and was squashed. You had Senator Rand Paul in Congress, in committee, under oath, grilling Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci denying it, actually trying to belittle uh, Senator Paul uh, on, on as he was sitting there getting questioned. We know that this came from a lab. Everyone knew it came from a lab. We were, we were sold uh, a bill of goods that it came from a, a wet market in China. Um, but you can see now going back, Dr. Fauci has blood on his hands. He's definitely guilty of lying before Congress. He's definitely guilty of funding the NIH when he was a part of it and, and doing this. I do some research and all the things that have come, all the different different um, evil things that have come from lab leaks. In 95, you had the epidemic in Venezuela, uh, encephalitis, the believed to have come from a lab. In 2003, SARS was believed to be traced back to a Singapore lab. Um, you had another case of it from Beijing, all from a lab. The World Health Organization has admitted to most of these. Um, when are we going to stop this gain-of-function uh, scientific theories that we're, we're actually putting these pathogens into animals to test them for these future pandemics, these future viruses that could possibly come? It's like you're trying to predict the storm before it comes, uh, and we're failing at it because these, these leaks are leaving the lab. They're about as secure as a high school chemistry class. Um, we saw that th there wasn't much security around the lab in Wuhan. Um, but also like you mentioned earlier, we're talking about China. Uh, is China going to open up and, and be very honest with the United States, even though that we were funding it through Fauci and his, uh, his organization. So, uh, I, I don't know how this is not being broadcasted more. People should be outraged. We, we lost, you know, over a million people. People lost loved ones. They couldn't have funerals for their for their ones that passed. Uh, the elderly were just held out to dry. Um, we lost kids, lost school for two years. America, let's let's not get real here. America's school system is already behind, and here we had kids learning from home on computers, and it was lax. It was it was totally uh, a bogus thing. So, uh, where do we go from here? Do we continue to fund this? Do we continue to fund these uh, these labs all across the world? Um, I don't know. I, it's hard to want to put this evidence forward, and you read about what happened and to think about what everyone has gone through since the pandemic in 2020 and when it started. Uh, I don't want to do it again. I think we should close up all of these things. The uh, admitted, everyone agrees, that gain of function is a fairly broad category, but it is focused specifically on making viruses more dangerous. Everybody agrees that that's what it does. What everybody doesn't agree on is why would you do that? 
Um, most of us are still kind of wondering, what's, why is that a good idea? And the official explanation is that scientists use it to predict pandemics, like we use, they say, satellites to predict hurricanes. Well, we're not just observing a storm, we're creating our own little storm that could escape and become a very big storm and, and destroy millions of lives so that then we can study it and claim that, well, by doing this, we can create vaccines ahead of time so that when, you know, when this uh, pathogen naturally becomes more dangerous out in the wild, mind you, uh, they say, then we'll have a vaccine. That seems to be the argument that we're making. And they, I mean, they'll often say things like, well, we don't seed clouds to create a hurricane. We observe. We don't create the hurricane. But that's not really true. They do create the hurricane. They just claim they don't release the hurricane. They don't spin it up to be a big hurricane. It's just mm-hmm. a little tiny one in a test tube. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. Um, and so when... Uh, Senator U.S. Senator Rand Paul started probing into what Dr. Fauci knew as early as November of 2021, and maybe a little bit earlier, um, and started asking Dr. Fauci before a congressional committee when he was under oath, what did you know about gain of function? What did you know about uh, the lab from which uh, this virus probably leaked? What did you know about how much money we had been giving, the U.S. had been giving to create this um, Fauci lied again and again and again about uh, claiming things like, no, we don't do gain of function. And then when he was caught red-handed, everyone, you can look at it, he knew it was gain of function. He says, well, that's not gain of function. That's EPPP. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Well, you can go to the NIH website and look at their definition of EPPP, which stands for Enhanced Potential Pandemic Pathogen. Um, and... Um, let me read from their site. While EPPP research is a type of so-called gain-of-function research, or GOF, the vast majority of GOF research does not involve EPPP and falls outside the scope of oversight required for research involving EPPP. So in other words, EPPP is, a, is the focused exact part of gain-of-function research that would apply to trying to create what, what we now call COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tries to tell, and you can, it's, it's all public because it's a congressional hearing. Uh, Fauci tries to claim that, well, that's not actually gain of function. That's EPPP mm-hmm. as if, oh, I told the truth when I said that we didn't fund gain of function. Um, it's, it, it blows the mind, the, the level of dishonesty. Um, I guess we should, you know, who's, who's really surprised, but it's always a little bit of a shock to see a, a human being, um, prevaricate to that level and uh, just with a straight face claim, well, I'm not responsible. It's outrageous. Yeah. And there's no clear answer to where all of the gain of function research is being done. Um, You have what ends up having scientists apply for grants after they are given their grant from the NIH. There is no checkbox under the gain of function or the EPPP. So there's no concrete list of where in the U.S., or where US funded gain of function research is going on. The thing that's even is more severe is that there's even a greater uncertainty around the research not funded by NIH. So you're talking about private firms, right. uh, biochemist uh, labs that are funded by, you know, Bill Gates, right. you know, wh- wh- whoever it is. And so thriller and action horror movie plot lines. Sure. That's you know, what that is. we watched Mission Impossible last night. It was a biochemist lab leak where they have chromaria, right. this disease, right? And this is. Right. The, the, this is actually happening. This isn't. They don't get this in the movie and think that they just made up something. This is actual real research. There's billionaires that re, that fund these research labs. Scientists go and ask them for for money and grants, and and they get to write it off as a tax write off. But this is happening all over uh, the the world, and we're releasing some of the worst viruses and pathogens that we've ever seen. It's it's almost like this god complex, right? You can tie it to uh, the abortion issue where. These, these doctors, these abortionists, they, they have almost this God-like um, ability where they can bring life into this world and they can take it. Uh, these scientists have this same arrogant uh, way about them where, you know what, we're going to work with these pathogens and we're going to infect this, this mice or this monkey and we're just going to see what happens. It's like, if that gets out, that's not something that would have been created naturally, right? There's, there's things that happen naturally. But when you start talking about creating your own pathogens, your own viruses, there's plenty of scientists right now that are that are calling this out. They're 
they're shouting, they're, they're actually starting nonprofit organizations to try to bring more awareness to it. Um, are they, you know, what one article said is they fear for their life. They fear for, um, their safety. And it's not from the virus that they're fearing. It's from man and who's going to come after them if they start whistleblowing. What's the favorite um, resort and complaint of evildoers? Well, if you publish the evil that I'm doing, then people won't like it and my life will be in danger. Mm -hmm. Say it all the time. You hear it all the time. And uh, as if, number one, well, first of all, if anyone happens to know about the evil I'm doing, well, then anyone who tells anyone else is responsible for the evil doing of a third party who might try to take justice into their own hands or, or justice into their own hands. Well, yes, that's wrong. We agree. It's wrong. But it's not wrong to know. And it's not wrong to talk about it. And it's not wrong to examine and try to put a stop to evil doing through peaceful means. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the reality. You know, I think that a big part of the motivation for gain of function, first of all, if you recognize that our pathogens, our viruses, serious, dangerous viruses going to become more dangerous potentially in future, sure, they mutate on their own. Mm -hmm. We, this is an observable fact. Um, so now we have uh, a system. Uh, unfortunately, it's become a belief system built around something that is legitimate, we can legitimately observe the value of inoculation or vaccination. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can observe the value, uh, and I'll be the first to admit that there is value there. Um, and any reasonable thinking person can look at and make decisions about what they will and won't put in their bodies. Mm -hmm. But now we have a, an entire, uh, and it might be, it's certainly one of the most lucrative, lucrative industries in the world, sure. in history, is creating... Um, inoculations or vaccinations, and now we're calling things vaccinations that aren't actually vaccinations. They don't actually protect you from getting the disease. They don't even actually make it better. Um, and we have this um, moving target, constantly moving the goalposts as to what these words mean, because now governments feel the need um, to provide a solution for these things by for you know whatever problem that we might have by paying billions and billions and billions and trillions of dollars. Uh, to the companies that can win um, attention and sell large uh, numbers of what they are going to call vaccines. Mm -hmm. And so now creating these problems in the lab so that let's say that they're not nefariously releasing them, okay? Uh, maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to make that charge. Let's say that they're not nefariously releasing them. They're just studying them in the lab and then they escape accidentally. Well, studying these things and creating these problems in the lab so that then we can create a vaccine that we can claim, oh, this is based on what we think is going to happen, so you should get vaccinated with this because it's a safeguard for the future. Mm -hmm. That's been the game with, with the flu for, for, what, two decades now? Um, that we're going to, um, hey, we've got a vaccine that will protect you from the flu this season. The problem is that everybody kind of knows, well, no, you don't. You've got a, you've got a vaccine that protects us from the viruses of last season. Mm -hmm. How do we protect ourselves from the one of this season? Oh, gain of function. Yeah. And That's here, what's going on. It's and it's observable. It's another conspiracy that has magically come true. Um, how, how, does, how does the public go ahead and, and see this and uh, this evidence of it? And now all of a sudden you have to trust the same people that are putting out this vaccine. Like I'm well, not yeah, saying they not nefariously even, did it. It's not but even a theory. Yeah. It's, it's not, I'm not saying they nefariously <laughs> did it. Public fact. But for this pandemic to start, you have to think about the billions, if not trillions of dollars that have been dumped into the vaccine. Someone made out with a ton of money and Pfizer, Pfizer and all these other um, big, you know, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. But if we're talking that this was created in a lab started and then boom, they were going to come out with this miraculous uh, vaccine, which pretty much got created really fast. If you talk to anyone about any scientist or any kind oh, of yeah. biologist that talks about vaccines and how long they take right. to come out, this came out extremely fast. Um, That's actually a good good argument for it. Why would you do that if you didn't have to? Why would yeah. you go through all that trouble if you didn't have to? Was it released intentionally? Well, not by Moderna or, or Pfizer or John. No. no, we're not saying that. No one's saying that. You're not saying that. No. Um, did the Chinese release it? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows what the Chinese are doing behind their own little iron curtain? Um, they certainly are unfriendly yeah. to the rest of the world. Um, and, so, and, and they don't care about their own people, obviously. 
And so could you have nefarious dealings from the Chinese? Sure. Um, but now do you have, do you have um, exploitation of pain, suffering, and death um, without regard, brutal disregard for uh, any other quality of life or liberty or life itself from both government actors and uh, large corporation actors who are out to make, to drain the public coffers because that's really what's going on. We're not even talking about creating a product that people will pay money for. Nobody mm-hmm. paid money for it. The mm-hmm. government used your money to enrich <laughs> these corporations and the government actors to enrich themselves um, Doctor, in response yeah, to doc, a pandemic. Dr. Fauci had Christmas ornaments. He had statues. There was people that had shrines of Dr. Fauci in, in his house. He right. has made a ton of money off of this, not just to do the research, but from the fallout of it all. If I And, and how are we not holding these people accountable? If I go and I start to, in my garage, build a bomb that is going to be a a better bomb and it's going to protect against uh, foreign intruders and this and that, and it goes off and I blow up my entire neighborhood, I'm held accountable for it. They're not going to give me a pass, say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's trying to do good. He's trying to think about something. No, I'm going to be held accountable for all of the lives that I, that I took. He needs to be held re- responsible. Someone has to hold him accountable. I mean, we, we are letting him literally lie to the public multiple times and it's on, it's on record. This is not something that I'm making up or you're making up or Tucker Carlson or Alex Barron. This is on the record. He said it. He denied it. And now we're coming out to find out that it was gain of function. You have the hard that evidence. It, that it was a lab leak. So why is he still out in public? How come he's not being arrested? How come he's not being arraigned? Because I guarantee you, if he was appointed by Donald Trump, if he was someone that was a Republican and, and had some evidence come out that he was a, a hard, staunch conservative... There would be there would be committees going right now about arresting Dr. Fauci, and someone has to do it. And I think it goes deeper than Republican or Democrat. You have what many people have referred to as the Uniparty. Mm-hmm. It is uh, individuals of both parties who actually agree on most things. You can look at what uh, Hillary Clinton thinks and what George W. Bush thinks and how they acted and what they did, and there's precious little to choose between them. There's some rhetoric on abortion, and there's some rhetoric on guns. Um, but most of the rest of this, and you look at what actually happened, well, it was George W. Bush who supported the re, uh, renewal of the 1994 assault weapons ban. Um, it's Hillary Clinton who offends her base by being pretty soft on most things, being soft on abortion. Oh, there's rhetoric. There's lots of talk, but what has she actually done? Not much. They mm-hmm. want to stay in power. They have to power. They have to keep their base going. Um, and so, observing the reality—that's why you could see. I mean, we're gonna and we're gonna talk about it here shortly. So stay tuned for January sixth. But you can see um, whether it's Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney or other Republicans on the Hill joining with hand in hand with Pelosi and their Democrat allies mm-hmm. to support the uniparty line. Um, so, and, and how many, how many Republicans did we see supporting mask wearing, for example? Mm-hmm. Well, don't look, don't, don't you pay any attention to gain of function. You have to do your job to wear your mask or you're killing grandma. Yeah. And, yeah, and, well. and, and the evidence is there. I mean, you had, you had the NIH, give a, a, a grant out for $3.7 million to a nonprofit called EcoHealth. EcoHealth then funneled $800,000 of that money to go ahead and do research testing interspecies transmission of coronaviruses. That's not the end of it. In the grant, understanding the risk of bat coronavirus emergence, EcoHealth said they plan to create a chimeric virus and test their ability to infect human cells in culture and lab animals. This is what they funded. And it worked. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? it? Sounds like The Rock, right? The movie it, it, The Rock. It really Chimeric. does. Yeah. <laughs> it literally. Yeah. I think art is leading science here. It really Why is. Why did they pick that name? Well, yeah. Somebody, somebody watched The Rock. It's pitiful. It it's is outrageous. This is hard evidence, and it's hard to overlook it. I put your party line aside and think about what our country and what many other countries, Italy, all these countries that lost an insane amount of, you know humans, even elderly, I mean, majority, but think about all the pain and suffering that went through everyone the last three years of, 
dealing with the pandemic. I still still people get tested now at CVS. It drives me insane. Um, but who is being held accountable for this? The research is there. The proof is there. They they were guilty, and everyone's just kind of like, ah, oh, well, we're over. We're over that. You know, it's on to the next thing. So we're we're just gonna go ahead and forgive and forget. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Atlantic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the person who wrote that article about uh, we need to grant another grace is actually one of the more reasonable on their side of things. I went back mm -hmm. and read a bunch of what she had said, and I had to come away saying, okay, this person uh, at least presents a more reasonable front. And I can understand um, the emotional drive to say, look, if we don't figure out how to uh, get along, this th this entire experiment called the United States of America is going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So look, I get that. I get that. The question is, how do you reach that kind of um, coming together and healing wounds? How do you reach some kind of, okay, look, we can still coexist here. We can still work with uh, living in the same country and living under the same laws. Uh, ultimately, number one, we have to recognize reality and, ref and refuse to continue creating our own. That is counter to, to reality. Mm -hmm. Reality exists whether you like it or not. And you can't say that, well, we're going to create an entire new vocabulary in order to challenge the reality that, that people are born into genders, for example. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you celebrate National Women's Day? And give an award how, to a man. How do you do that? Well, and, and how do you even say that, that, well, a woman can be now whatever you want her to be. She, she can be, that's the old school feminists with whom I have my own beefs mm -hmm. are, are losing their minds right now. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you work for that long? It's like, and I mean, how many people have pointed out that, well, what, why not transracial then? Why can't you claim, why isn't Rachel DeLozole actually a good thing? She mm -hmm. was white, claimed to be black. Why isn't that good? Why don't we recognize that? If you can be transgender, why can't you be transracial? Why can't you be transspecies? Why can't you be transage? Uh, and the, the sad reality is the transage thing, yeah, that's what's next. The re, the, it, we call it pedophilia. We're already seeing that's it. That's what that's called. You're seeing grown men in their 60s now pretending to be babies running around in diapers. Um, it's sickening. It's, it's, a, it's a godless culture. But you know how most and people are getting... How do you, we know reality? You know how most people are knowing it. They're smoking cannabis. I saw, a study, <laughs> I saw a study today that said 57% of American adults would approve of banning tobacco products, but here we are in this country legalizing marijuana state and state. You know, what is there, over 30, 40 states now that have legalized right. marijuana? Um, yep. Last I checked, it was 38. It's, yeah, 38 uh, states. It, yep, it's, it could be a couple more now. It's crazy because, um, you know, I, I see, I'll go buy these distilleries and there's a line around the building, you would think that they were picking up their checks. Like it, it, it almost reminds me of back when, you know, the Great Depression, when people stood in, stood in bread lines or guys that worked in the railroad or the mines and they would just wait for their money at the end and the lines, you know, went on for days. And, and here it is, these people are just going to get their pot. But now they're getting so mad at, at, the, at the tobacco companies because of cancer and all that. You're, see, you're seeing the people that love cannabis because you can put them in brownies <laughs> and anything they want to. Edible. Um, it's edible. But, you know, we've done it. We've gone in the cities. We've been, you know, landed in Atlanta and we go to the hotel and boom, you smell marijuana as soon as you walk into oh, yeah. the lobby. You know, it's, it's everywhere now. And, it, and it's, it's just seen as, yeah, it's fine. It's good. I remember, you know, in high school, kids snuck it around. It wasn't out in the open. And right. now people are smoking joints driving down the street. It's insane to me that you'll say we have to ban tobacco products where you can, you can't use tobacco, but you can, you can do cannabis. Um, I hate cigarettes. I hate the smell of it. I think it's infringing on my rights. If you smoke in a restaurant and I have to smell it. So I appreciate, you know, when they have smoking sections and non-smoking sections, I don't think it's discrimination, but the, the studies show that people don't want cigarettes. They don't want tobacco. They want cannabis. Well, it's these, it's the, bizarre nature of uh, uncoupling from reality again, rather than recognizing that there is an immutable standard of truth, that certain things are true and certain things are not true, and we are capable of, of knowing at least some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we uncouple from that and say, well, it's whatever you want, and it, you know, transgenderism, okay, we can talk about that, uh, but it happened a long time before that. 
um, the idea that, well, there is no, uh, there is no standard of right and wrong. It's whatever you want. Do what feels good. If it feels good, do it. Um, okay. So now someone, uh, comes along and says, you know what? We could build a political following and raise a lot of money and put ourselves in office and take advantage of all the perks of being that office, which includes being able to make a lot of money off the public dole by opposing, by creating a constituency that opposes smoking, the smoking of tobacco. And that started in the 90s, uh, actually in the 80s. You can see it. Watch Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. There's another fun movie that, uh, you know, you can see it starting there. Where's that? Where's that come from? And so... Uh, because we could we we could create a moral indignation against something, and I know this sounds silly, but this is how politics works. Having worked here for 25 years, if you can find something that people are morally indignant about, or you can create something that they can become indignant about, then you can raise money and get yourself elected and game on, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And so that's where the entire um, campaign against tobacco comes from. At the same time, the same people, the same groups of people, the same constituency is fighting to legalize the smoking of marijuana mm-hmm. at the same time. And now you have the exact the situation you've described. Now, my perspective is this. Private property is where that discussion rightfully lies. If yep. you want to have a restaurant, you want to allow people to smoke everywhere in that restaurant, then you should be free to do so. And I should be free to not go in there if I don't want to breathe the smoke. That's right. I should also be free to gather up some friends and go to that restaurant owner and say, hey, if you created a non-smoking section, we would come and eat in your restaurant. Or if you want to create a restaurant where smoking is not allowed, I will come there. Now, what about public spaces? Well, in a public space, then it is uh, that is governed... Um, properly governed by civil government. Let's say it is a public street or some other public transportation hub. You can make a good argument for government involvement there. Well, then there should be a way for co- for people to coexist. Mm-hmm. And that's how we used to do it. It wasn't a problem. It was very possible of smoking and non-smoking sections when people started not wanting to inhale tobacco smoke, which is legitimately bad for you. Yeah. Uh, the question now becomes, well... There's this huge chunk of the population um, and this huge focused effort on publishing the positive sides of, of marijuana, the positive mm-hmm. uses, the medical uses, the medical benefits. Sure. And there legitimately are some. You know, the problem is there are legitimately some, you can make an argument for the medical benefits of tobacco. Yep. As outrageous as that sounds, but it's absolutely absurd to say that you can inhale a carcinogenic smoke from the leaves of a tobacco plant and there's nothing good in it and you can inhale the the <laughs> smoke, the carcinogenic smoke from the leaves of a marijuana plant and there's nothing bad in it apparently. That's absurd. It is That's absurd. absolutely absurd because we're, we're well reality can be whatever I want it to be. Let's just create reality. Well, let's recognize that the reality that actually exists is that I have no right to go to my neighbor and tell him, you can't smoke in mm-hmm. your own home. You can't possibly do that. that is wrong. And I am going to make, I'm going to create a law that says you can't do that. You certainly can't do it anywhere in public. And I am going to edge towards reporting you for child abuse if you smoke in your own home. Well, okay. We can have a discussion about whether or not we should be subjecting our children to tobacco smoke. I think you can make the argument that you are doing irreparable harm to your Mm -hmm. children if you smoke in your own home. But that's a discussion that needs to be carefully balanced. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's a horrible idea. Sure. It's a horrible idea. And as people became aware of the dangers of tobacco, we didn't need government to say, well, don't you smoke in front of your children by the before smoking became the hot topic that we can ban and build a political political constituency on people knew that you don't smoke in front of your children yeah i grew up in that world before it all started i grew up in a world where everybody and i grew up in the middle of nowhere south dakota where all the ranchers uh, <laughs> that my family knew that i grew up on a ranch um they all smoked and they all knew you didn't smoke in front of kids. They yeah. didn't smoke in front of me. They didn't smoke in the house by with I mean, sure, are there horrible examples? Sure, absolutely. And that's ever the ploy of tyrants. Here's one person who's doing a bad thing. We need another law to make sure that no one can ever get even close to that, no matter what the negative consequences are. Sure. And, I mean, in the 70s we absurdity. had we had the surgeon general saying that it was beneficial to smoke a cigarette after a meal, help digestion. <laughs> 
Here we right. are, fo- fast forwarding. Now, does this stop all tobacco? Are we talking about spit tobacco, like chew or, or snuff, Copenhagen? Because now, I, how is that affecting my, my neighbor? Right? It, it is. Right. And it's, it's something that I want to do. Why can't I do it? I'm not letting out a smoke. It's not bothering anyone else. Right. So I believe you're just taking away someone's ability to do what they want. Um, that's not hurting you. It's just, yeah, it's hurting right. them. You can prove the point. You can get the research that, you know, many of many of baseball players I know have had cancer of the lip from putting tobacco in their lip, but I can't go to someone and say it should be illegal. You can't do that. I mean, the government already oversteps. Now we're going to let them overstep on that. And, you know, to be honest, people vote on this and they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to show why it's so evil. Right. And they're going to show kids, you know, in cars with their parents smoking. My, both my parents smoked when I was little and they never smoked around me. They smoked outside always. Um, yep. I think majority yep. of people do know that that's why kids can't go to, you know, shouldn't be in bars. I think most majority that people was part know of the that. Idea. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why it, there was a place I lived in Japan for 11 years in, in, in the 11 years that I was there, there were non-smoking restaurants. There were smoking restaurants. And if I wanted to go eat in that smoking restaurant, I was going to sit through my teammates and everyone else in that place smoking. That was my choice. If I didn't want to go, I could have said no. Now, right. You know, you can't smoke on the street. They had special little things at the airport that you can go smoke in because it's public. It's not a private thing. It's not a business that's owned. That's the way it should be handled. If I want to open up my house and, you know, smoke cigarettes all day long and let everyone come over and smoke and have a cigar bar, that's my choice. That's the freedom of living in this country. And if we start taking away little rights, people think that this is ah, just a little right, but it's just one more that you lose. It's one more that you lose. You're laying your finger exactly on it. Is it such a big problem for people to not be able to smoke I- inherently? Look, I did not grow up in a smoking family. I think cigarette smoke is disgusting. Mm-hmm. I am very, I, I, I appreciate not having to breathe it. Okay. I agree. Same goes for marijuana. You can hardly go to a concert now in most states without having, without getting a contact buzz mm-hmm. off of people smoking marijuana. I, I think that uh, it's disgusting. I don't like it at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is the solution worse? Is the cure worse than the problem? Is the solution worse than whatever ill we're trying to uh, correct? When it comes to government overreach, yes, it is. Yes, it is. How did we get to the point to where the entire Western world thought it was okay to tell people, you can't leave your own house because you might get sick? Yep. Or because we have this irrational argument that says that you leaving your house is going to kill grandma? Yep. How, how did we get to the point to where in a Western country, um, it's okay for government to tell churches, you can't meet, you cannot voluntarily assemble, and to do so while cutting special slack for their own constituencies to assemble and burn down people's houses, burn down people's businesses, destroy property, and hurt, uh, physically hurt people at mm-hmm. the same time. How did we get to that level of hypocrisy? Well, it's because we started saying, well, you know, it would be okay for me to enforce my dislike of cigarette smoke on the next guy Mm -hmm. because cigarette smoke is legitimately, we would say, evil. Mm -hmm. And that's the argument that's made. Government overreach is in and of itself an evil. And you can't fight one evil with government overreach and then be shocked when government overreach gets big enough to eat your lunch. That's right. It's like taking a pet alligator to bed with you because he's only six inches long. Yeah. He can only lop off a finger or two. It's scary that when, you know, during COVID, and not to go back to that, but people would always just say, it's, it's, just, it's just a mask, just wear it just for the day. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Uh, oh, you can't go to church, but at least you can watch it online. And it was just these, but it was like, oh, you like that, but, you know, or your, your, your friend dies and you can't have a funeral. Oh, but you know, it would be sad anyway. You can make up any excuse you want to, you start losing every one of those, those rules and those laws that start intruding on your own ability to operate the way you want to. Now we do have good laws. There's, you shall not murder and you can't go around murdering people. Um, but when you start to let one little thing creep in, your rights go right down the drain. I mean, we're talking about telling people that they can't smoke a cigarette. If they wanted to stay in their house and smoke a cigarette, 
I should not have any say to what he wants. If the guy wants to walk around naked in his backyard, I shouldn't have any say in that. Just don't look over the wall if you don't want to see it, right? I, <laughs> as long I mean, as this it's is not what, public view. That's right. As long as it's not in public view, if he's in his backyard, he's got a wall up and he wants to do it, then that's what is that's his ability to do it in his house. I think you're opening up. I think this is a lot bigger than what people are playing as like, oh, it's just marijuana and, you know, no one really likes cigarette smoke. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't like cigarette smoke like the next guy, but we used to smoke on airplanes and then they got, took that away. Then they used to smoke on, and thank that's God. a private, yeah. And, and thank God, because I love to fly and I would hate to have to smoke, you know, smell cigarettes. Right. There's smoke. no smoking, non-smoking on an airplane. Doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work it. that way. But it was a private company and they had the right to do right. that if they yep. wanted to. So now you're going to start infringing on people's rights well, inside their own right, home. They should have. You know? Unfortunately, they used government. I'm pretty sure they used government regulation. They went to the FAA, the airlines yeah. did, and said, hey, we don't want to be responsible for telling people they can't smoke. You do it. And yeah. government is always more than willing to create another sure. rule. So I, I think from my perspective, ultimately, it comes down to recognizing that there is a standard by which to judge should government do this or not. Mm-hmm. What about murder? Well, if you like not... Uh, being, if you like not fearing for your life when you go to the grocery store, then the second you like amendment. laws against murder and you like laws supporting or defending the right to self-defense. Mm-hmm. Now, what well, happens? Why but, should? Yeah, what happens why, though, Zach? What happens when you are driving a car on high on marijuana or smoking a pack of cigarettes? You're going to be able to operate your vehicle smoking a pack of cigarettes, it's the marijuana that's alter, that's altering right. your abilities, right? So Correct. So right. It's public uh, intoxication. Yeah. It, people act like there's just never been, we've never dealt with this problem before. You've just never read about how people deal with problems. Yeah. In Western jurisprudence, okay, and I've mentioned the West because we have, there are things that have worked really well. Mm-hmm. And one of them is laws against public intoxication. Why? Because if you appear in public in an intoxicated state, it is an inherent threat to the to the persons and property of everyone with whom you come in contact. Now, if you want to be in your own space and become intoxicated, then or in a space in which um, a certain level of intoxication a place such as a bar or a pub in which we all agree, okay, there's a certain level to which if we're all in here, we're all consenting to be exposed to a certain level of of, uh, irresponsible action, Mm -hmm. um, then, okay, it's acceptable. Um, But even there, and even today, if you become so intoxicated at a bar that you are unable to control yourself, the bar in its own self-interest stops serving you alcohol and the law prohibits going that far. The same is true for every other substance which alters your ability to control your own actions. That's the point. And why is that the point? Because we have an immutable standard, and it comes from God. And God says, you can't just run around threatening to hurt other people. Mm -hmm. You can't just run around threatening to destroy their stuff, which they depend on for their livelihoods, for their lives themselves. And it doesn't just stop, well, would you die if you didn't have that? No, it's about quality of life as well. If somebody owns something, you can't just go steal it or break it, not without consequence. It's the same as true, and this is the basis for um, government overreach in, in, uh, during the pandemic. We call it overreach, not regulation, right? We call it overreach, not just any kind of, any kind of uh, policy whatsoever. We call it overreach because we're talking about going beyond what is right, what is right in the time of widespread sickness? Quarantines. Now, that word itself has been changed. Quarantine means, oh, you might be sick, so you have to stay home. Or mm-hmm. other people are sick, and you can prove you're healthy, but you still have to stay home. That's not a quarantine. Mm-hmm. Quarantine, it's called quarantine because it was four weeks, quor. Quarantine, four, quarter. And it meant that if you were ill, you had to be uh, isolated for four weeks until past being healthy so that you weren't spreading something. Okay? That's the concept, and it is a biblical concept. Why? Because God says you don't get to endanger the lives and property of other people. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally. And so, is it right for government to enforce that? Yes. Why? Because, again, you can go to Scripture and make an argument for uh, that being within the jurisdiction of civil government. Can you make the argument that people shouldn't be able to expose themselves to... um, marijuana or alcohol or tobacco. No, you can't make that argument. That is outside the realm of civil government. 
It's outside their jurisdiction. The world falls apart and becomes a clown world as soon as we uncouple from reality and say there is no ultimate truth. Truth can be whatever I want it to be. No, it can't. You end up with this, this level of absurdity. And I'm not just laying this at the, at the feet of those who would call themselves liberals, uh, probably more correctly called leftists, because it's not very liberal to tell someone you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Liberal means you support liberty, and that's not liberalism. Uh, so, but leftists uh, are not the only ones who do this. Conservatives do it too. We want to tell people that, well, you can't do that. There are more conservatives saying, yeah, I don't want to legalize marijuana. We don't want that around. Well, here's the problem. You can't make a reasonable argument for disallowing people to consume marijuana in whatever form as long as they are not publicly intoxicated. Mm -hmm. There isn't an argument for it. Oh, well, it damages society as a whole. Yes, so does alcohol. So does does irresponsibility. Too Mm -hmm. much sleep damages society as a whole. Do we agree that we should have laws regulating how much sleep you can and can't have, whether or not you can be slothful? Yep. So we do have a standard of truth. And you know what? If you don't like acknowledging God, if you don't like acknowledging that the Bible is his word, okay, it is outside my jurisdiction to tell you that you have to believe. Now, it is within uh, my responsibility to urge you to do so because it is observably true. But if that's not sufficient, okay, I understand. It still remains that you live in a country founded on these principles, and the things that you enjoy about this country come from and stem from that reality. Now, you can make the argument, well, I want more liberty than God allows. Yes, all humans do. All humans want to be God. That's right. And so we want want to be able to do things that God says you shouldn't do. The problem comes in when we want to do things that God has said. It is government's job to keep you from doing this. It's government's job to keep me from killing people uh, if if that's my goal. And outside you know, the narrow limits of self-defense. And we've now, had, we, all, we, we like yeah, that. We've had, we've had rules set up from God's word, the things we have, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal. You know, there's, there's rules and laws that are written because God and the Bible gave them to us, just like having witnesses and, you know, three or more witnesses. But what, what's going on right now, let's, let's go on to the January 6th, uh, the riot, insurrection, whatever word they're using these days, we have people that are still in. We have people that are Moderately still in. Moderately vandalistic prison. tourism. Yeah, we have people that are still in prison <laughs> that were never given a trial that have just literally been stashed away and been treated poorly. I mean, Tucker Carlson has reported on this for the last couple of years. This the conditions that some of these uh, people that were in there, men and women. Um, where are we at right now with the January 6th and this new leak of video footage from Tucker Carlson? Well, the interesting thing for you and I is that we were there that day. Mm-hmm. We were at the rally before the insurrection or riot or whatever you want to call it in which the Capitol was broken into legitimately. Windows were broken. People entered illegally. Some of them did so violently. Um, and we were there outside the Capitol observing, urging people, don't do it. Stop. Don't do that. Why are you doing this? Asking them, what, is, what did you see and do in there? We were there, and we saw it. And, and you and I, Dennis, have said from the beginning, okay, that's not an insurrection. Are there small groups of people who are trying to do evil things, who are breaking public property, who are hurting public servants? Yes. Yes, we can, we can attest to that. We saw it with our own eyes. Did we see a widespread effort to do so? No, absolutely not. We saw a lot of Bubba's who mm-hmm. rushed. In fact, we talked to a few guys who we asked them, where are you from? We're from West Virginia. And they're sitting over there pouring water on their faces and blubbering and running at the nose. And you're like, oh, that's tear gas or, or uh, some kind of, of uh, pepper spray. And I asked them what happened. And they're like, oh, well, we, we rushed the windows and we got sprayed. And you know, they were kind of shamefaced about it because they knew they'd been being idiots. That's the vast majority of the more violent people. And then you mm-hmm. have vast numbers of people. We've said from January 6th, um, that these people walked into the Capitol, walked around, gawked, respectfully looked at the building, said, wow, it's really cool to be able to see this, and walked back out. Mm-hmm. That's what you saw them do. We stood there and watched them go in and watched them come back out and asked them, what are you doing in there? 
Now, when we watched him go in, you and I both, we were standing there telling him, don't stop that. Don't go in there. Yeah. Don't do that. That's stupid. There was so much stuff going on out there. There was evangelism. There was people sharing the gospel. There was patriotic uh, messages. You know, people were selling, you know, America t-shirts. And of course, you know, there were Trump things being sold. And, um, but for the most part early on, it was, it was as peaceful as you can get. People were walking down the street. I think the most violence I maybe saw was when the one guy went up to Jeff as he was leaving the 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 urinal and, and said something, you know, trying to pick a fight with him. But that was like the, <laughs> the dude the, was the, drunk. The, the dude was drunk, <laughs> and he probably was been drinking since six a.m. or maybe the day before. But we didn't see the violence. You know, the thing about vi- video footage is I can show a man shooting a a dog and put it on and be like, this guy just killed this dog. But really, I don't show the footage before it. Maybe that dog attacked his three children and, and almost killed three of his children. He was putting the dog down, right? You can manipulate the, the footage to make it exactly. go towards your narrative. This is what we were being sold since January 6th. We have been sold this narrative. The people have been sold. The people that weren't there, we were there. We saw it. We knew a lot of it was BS that was being broadcasted all over uh, CBS, NBC, um, even Fox. Right. Right. And, you know, it's interesting that we didn't see, we were on the right side of the Capitol when uh, the Buffalo dude or the QAnon shaman or whatever you want to call him, yeah, Jake Angeli, entered the Capitol. Um, of course, the next day, and, and it may have been, might have been even later that day when we started seeing the dude with the buffalo horns. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, hey, I've seen that dude before. Yep. He shows up at Antifa rallies in Arizona. And this is not, this is not a rumor. This is not something we're like, well, I heard. No, we saw we saw I smelt him. He stunk. He stunk. He yeah. he had bad odor. Um, and that was at the Capitol in, in Arizona when we were there in Arizona, for our, exactly for uh, uh, election and integrity. And, and he and he would hang out with the Antifa people. Yep. Because he's a rabble rouser and a, and a kind of an obnoxious dude. Yep. Okay. So are we saying you know? And then the questions still remain: How much of this was plain clothes uh, federal agents trying to create an incident? Mm-hmm. Don't and they're like, well, that's a conspiracy theory. Sure. No. Yeah. And that's why I'm not saying, did it happen or not? Well, I don't know. But how much of that is there? Those are still legitimate questions. Obviously, we've got, so we've got the experiences that we did have two years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and standing there and, and hearing uh, and seeing with our own eyes. And then, interestingly, having direct experience, seeing and, and, and with our own eyes, Jake Angeli at other events in Arizona long before, or quite a while before January 6th, mm-hmm. 2021. So now we have, uh, we've experienced two years of outrageous claims. Now, the problem is that we are not here to defend uh, January 6th. And mm-hmm. so that presents a problem anytime you want to say, well, hang on. Uh, Pelosi and the left are blowing this out of proportion. Oh, so you support what they're doing? No, absolutely not. We've said it from the beginning. We said it on January 6th. We said it publicly. We said it over and over and over again. We posted it. It went out to millions of people. Don't do that. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. Breaking stuff and hurting people is tyranny. And we said it then. We said it the day of. We're going to have Dennis and Zach. Zach Launchlager, Dennis Sarfani. Red State Reform. Come on in, guys. Red State Reform. All right, so just a couple comments on today. What's on your minds about today? What, as Christians, do we need to be thinking about in terms of what we've seen here today? I'll start with you, Zach. Well, obviously, we, as you said, we need to be concerned about fraud. We need to be concerned about honesty. We also need to be concerned about godly government. We need to be concerned about authority. Um, it is not okay when we have people who are in authority who do the wrong things. It doesn't just cast off all restraint. In fact, that's what the Scriptures tell us not to do. Do not go with the man who's given to change. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He ordains godly government. He ordains government. Um, and if, if when we have a problem, this is this is what America was founded on. This is what we spent 500 years in the Reformation doing. Is what do you do with a tyrant king well, or, or, or tyrannical government? Well, you don't just go. You know, it's not just mob violence. You don't just cast off all restraint. Um, and unfortunately, for some, for a small group, that's what we're seeing here today. And there will always be people who are going to tar and feather somebody. And our founding fathers always stood up and said, no, you may not do physical violence. No, you may not harm people. You may not harm property. Not unless you are attacked and acting in self-defense. Well, I'm sorry. This is not a proportionate use of force. So I'm, I'm very sad to see 
uh, even some Christians standing up and saying, no, we need to, we need to make sure our demands are met. Um, that, that is always, of course, we must demand that our government do the right thing. Breaking into the chambers, uh, threatening violence to, to people and threatening, uh, not just threatening, but breaking property, that is wrong. That is wrong, period. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. You were no better than the people six months earlier that were burning, burning buildings and, and beating people, throwing bricks at cops. Like, Correct. What happened that day? And, and worse. Yeah, what happened worse, that day? Because we claimed. That's right. We, right. We, they, they ruined the credibility of the peacefulness of what that was. That was for Americans worried about the, the voting being the integrity of the voting system and what had taken place. Um, there were people angry and they wanted answers and they thought that this is the way to go. Like, let's go to Washington and see what we can do. This wasn't stupidity. the intent. And then it was the stupidity of a few people that threw shade over the entire, over the entire thing. Now, were there peaceful right. protests six months earlier where people were actually fighting for racial equality? Yeah, there were, there were plenty of people that were, were doing it the right way, but we saw the bad. We saw all the things that happened wrong, but the other, the left would never condemn it. They would never come out against it. But as soon as right. they saw this, it doesn't matter about it. it was a few choice people. The whole thing, if you were there, you were guilty of it. Um, and you're a communist and you're a fascist and fascist. all these things. And, and it's just like, man, it's, it's the tell of the tape. Tucker has released a lot of footage and they were actually taking that footage and tweaking it a little bit. You know, looking at Senator Hawley, they were saying this guy caused the whole insurrection and, and here he is leaving the building first. When you actually play the whole footage and the police, the Capitol Police were escorting everyone out of the building that was uh, whether a congressman or a senator and they were escorting them out. And what ended up happening? He was the last one to leave. And he was being told to leave by the Capitol Police. So it's just a matter of how you see things and what you put out there. It sure is. There's no question that uh, both sides want to mischaracterize the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that it's going to happen in American politics. No one is shocked and no one should be uh, unduly shocked and horrified that the other side is doing bad things. Is it a bad thing? Yes. And we shouldn't do it ourselves. And therein lies the problem. Whenever you have a large gathering of people, and let's be clear, the freedom to peaceably assemble for redress of grievances from our government is the core of the First Amendment. That is what the First Amendment is about. That's how this country started. <laughs> and, but the problem is, and it happened then too, that as soon as you get people together, there is going to be a small group of bad actors who try to turn this into from a peaceful assembly into a riot or an insurrection. Mm -hmm. Were there people who, who were trying to uh, obstruct a government proceeding? Possibly. Uh, I don't know, but it appears it's possible. The reason I don't know for sure is because those who are claiming that that was true are being so ridiculously, outrageously biased that it's difficult to trust anything that they say. Yeah. That's the reality. And I don't but know, did I, don't, I see yeah. things that I could that I could see the day of? I didn't see anything to me that was like, oh boy, that's definitely insurrection right there. But yeah. did I see things that could have been? You bet, absolutely. Anytime you break into a government building, you are in danger of of crossing that line, and you have already crossed the line of damaging property. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. We want to claim that well, we're fighting tyranny. That's what we're doing. We're fighting tyranny. Okay, let's define tyranny. Tyranny is a small group of people. We usually refer to them as oligarchs because that's how our founding fathers referred to them. Oligarchs is a small group of, um, of individuals who hold power in government who are threatening to and usually carrying out on that threat to break your stuff, take it away from you, hurt you, and kill you. In other words, hurt your private property, hurt your person, take away the right to property and the right to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what flows from it. Okay, that's tyranny. Let's describe mob violence. What is it? It's a large group of people, a mob, a democratic group, who are trying to break your stuff, take your stuff, hurt you, and kill you. Mm -hmm. All of the above, potentially. Tyranny is, is, is wrapped into both. Yeah, both of those things are tyrannous. You are threatening to hurt someone and take their stuff. So to claim that, well, we're going to stop tyranny by breaking into the Capitol is absurd. And those who claim that, well, that's the people's house, that's our house, really, it's your house privately, or do you own it with a few other million other people? Yeah. 
a few hundred million others. Yeah, you can't, okay. justif you can't so justify your acts by it, it, saying yeah. foolish things. Dennis, if you and I are in business together, and in the course of that business, we buy a boat, and I decide I'm going to go burn the boat to the waterline without your permission, have I damaged your property? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I have. Same goes for breaking windows and breaking into the Capitol and hurting people and threatening to, to do whatever, whatever it might be, even uh, and obviously up to the point of obstructing a, a procedure that you th think is illegitimate. Yeah, but obstructing it is illegitimate too. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. And so this will continue to be a black mark on mm -hmm. uh, America's, in America's history. It will. And the left's response and their exploitation of it continues to be a black mark to this day. And the effort to mischaracterize and claim that every single person who was in D.C. during that time, which they're arresting people because they were in D.C., Mm -hmm. uh, or, or attempting to uh, extract or, or inflict other punishments. For example, um, State Representative David Eastman from Alaska was brought up on charges and nearly lost his uh, duly elected seat, and everyone agrees he was elected by a wide margin, because, they, because his uh, political opponents claimed, well, you were in D.C. on January 6th, and therefore we can claim that you participated. They had no evidence. He did not, as far as we know, enter the Capitol. No one even claimed he did. They just said you were there. And so they tried to take his seat away from him as a conservative yep. in the state legislature. Remember That's even, the type of thing. There was even a curfew. Remember that? I mean, they even made us stay inside. Like, well, I, felt yeah, like they, I felt like I was yeah. 12 years old. Like, hey, there's right. a curfew. You can't well, leave. And it's like, well, I'm not the right. one causing any issues. Like, we would have went to dinner and called it a, called it a night and been, been over it. Uh, Except there and ate pizza instead. You know, and you, I wonder how many people's opinions have changed because of the footage now that's out. You're actually seeing the whole, the whole story. You're seeing right. the whole, exactly. the whole clip of not just a part of the clip. You know, and you're seeing exactly what we said happened. That's right. And I don't yeah, know if yeah. Thomas Massey's accurate. He said 57 percent of Democrats believe that it's at least somewhat likely that federal agents were involved in the insurrection. I don't know where he's getting that stat, um, but I, I have to say, with you know, with Ray Epps yeah, it's and a all, remarkably accurate a, track record. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of people that feel the same way that the federal government was involved, and I'm not going to say one way or the other. All I know is that there are laws broken, and those people deserve to be punished. But they had, they should have had their day in court, and there was justly, there, right. justly, and there were some people that didn't do anything that it ruined their lives. And I think that's the level the sad of injustice. Part. Yeah. That's great. And, and that's, and that's what you get in, in Washington, DC, right? It, we even said it that night when we were sitting there in the hotel, the stench that is in that city, the evil, like you walk through it and you can almost feel the evil aura of the whole place. Uh, it's unlike any other turned place. It into a police state. Yep. Yes. They've turned it into a police state. Um, and that is, that is a crying shame. It is something mm -hmm. that we should not allow. We should no. fight against. It is not a core. It is not the core of D.C., but it is a core of the bad actors who live there. Yep. That is exactly what they're doing. And uh, it is simply another um, expression, another way of expressing uh, this deeply held belief that there is no standard for right and wrong. That if I say it's right and I'm Senator so-and-so, then I get away with it. It's exactly what you see Mitt Romney doing right now. We mentioned him before. We'll mention him again. Of course, Mitt the twit, as we call him, and I happen to live in Utah. Uh, I, I am represented by my most favorite and least favorite U.S. Senator, senators, the state of Utah. Mike Lee is edges out Rand Paul only slightly for me. I love Rand as well. And uh, Mitt Romney is by far my least favorite senator. And he proved it once again this week by uh, wrapping up his interview. And, of course, we have to have Mitt Romney's opinion on what Tucker Carlson said. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> and you know what? I Tucker says some things that I agree with and some things he says drive me nuts. But Mitt laid uh, the charge at Tucker's feet that, well, I, I can't, I just can't understand. I'm paraphrasing. Mitt said something to the effect. I can't, I just can't understand how someone would sacrifice their integrity like that. Mm -hmm. Coming from a guy like Mitt Romney, that, <laughs> I just about spit out my coffee. <laughs> Mitt Romney, <laughs> the guy who signed Obamacare before Obama was president as governor of Massachusetts, the guy, the Republican who pushed through and supported an assault weapons ban in Massachusetts, the guy who claims to represent the uh, values of Utah 
a strong conservative state. <laughs> yeah, it's laughable. <laughs> and, and let me be clear, I'm not a Mormon. I yeah. have Mormon friends and neighbors. I love many of my uh, Mormon friends and neighbors that I know. Uh, in general, I'll express that I love Mormons in general um, because they are humans. We disagree uh, theologically, but we agree on many core issues. Mm -hmm. And Mitt Romney does not represent what the people of Utah believe. <laughs> that is a stunning lack of integrity, Senator Romney. Yeah, and I, and I don't agree with everything Tucker. Tucker's a scare tactic sometimes. I think a lot of the things um, he yeah. says are good, and I think a lot of them sometimes are, are eh, maybe he's over, overstating. overstating, yeah. But you know what? You can't argue with the evidence, the video footage, 41,000 <laughs> okay. hours, and they're trying to tell you, don't, don't worry what the videos are showing. Just listen to us. And you can take it back for all the topics that we talked to today about today, whether it's gain of function and whether it's legalizing cannabis, that when the government says, just take our word for it, run, yeah. run, Danger. do not <laughs> listen to that. And that, and that's where we come in, into this final thing is we can't let the government tell us what we think. Don't worry about what you're seeing. We're going to tell you what you're seeing. Right. That, not that, even what you think, but what you observe. Yeah, you can't believe you observe. your own eyes. Don't believe your own eyes. Don't. That's that's not what you saw. And here's why what you saw. And you're going to like it. And then we're just going to move on. And you don't have a voice. And you can't change anything. That's what they want you to do. But you have to just take the evidence, see the video footage, and and draw up what you want. If you think it was right, you think it was wrong. But the video footage doesn't lie. You saw what actually happened. You saw some of the things that took place. There is injustice going on right now in D.C. and in the prison system there with the people that are still being held. And uh, it's not right. It's, it's un-American. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.